How we doing? How we been? Welcome back to the Space with Spo show. Today's episode is brought to you by Space with Spo, the only place on the internet where you can get space news with unfiltered original comedy. I got a great episode for you guys planned today. I was joined by a legend in the space TikTok game, Mike Burgundy. So go ahead and sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. The dash is digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie, my cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie, life is amazing, it is what it should be, been here for 10 but I feel like a rookie, I tell her look up cause it's snowing in tussies, but for three years man you can't even book me, it's me and little baby that going crazy. Live from Murray Hill, Manhattan, you are now listening to Space with Spo. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have another special guest in the building for episode 23. Nobody told me last episode that I was saying the wrong number for the episode, so sorry about that. Anyway, episode 23 today, we got a big space and evolution guy. He posts daily videos on TikTok with a big following to over 240,000 people. He has racked in over 8.2 million likes. Please give a very special welcome to Mike Burgundy. Mike, how you doing? How you been? Hey, what's up, everybody? Doing pretty well. Uh, a little hungry, to be honest. <laughs> I could go for some tacos, really. Uh, vegan tacos, because I'm vegan. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, um, thanks for having me here. Thanks for having me. Was that not the best introduction you've ever had <laughs> on a podcast? Or Are you not ready to rock? That or was what? great. That was great. That was awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. So, Mike, why don't you tell the people a little bit about how you got started on TikTok and more especially how you got started with space? Yeah, so... Um, I started on TikTok maybe last year, uh, January, February of last year. And I just started making videos about like religion and things like that, uh, simple things. And I started racking views. I was like, dang, I can get 500 views in a single video. I had no followers, right? When I first started out, but I was getting like 500, 600 views per video. I was like, dang, I can make this, I can make something big of this. So I started to do more videos. I started growing. I started getting more followers and I just took advantage of the TikTok algorithm because the algorithm on TikTok is fantastic. Uh, it's changed since then. Like before, I used to make videos where I'd get like ten thousand likes, uh, and they were the videos weren't even that good. Like, but um, now it's you have to really work to make to, to go to get a uh, popularity on TikTok. But uh, yeah, so space in terms of that, I've always liked space. Um, it's been part of my childhood. Right? I used to uh, look up to people like Michio Kaku. Brian Greene, uh, Carl Sagan. I used to watch them all the time on Discovery Channel, Science Channel. My dad is into space. He's into Star Trek and Star Wars. So all these things really combined in my childhood to make me really uh, like space and science. I just I just like learning about things. That's it. Yeah, you're a student of the game. So were you always like that space exactly. guy in your friends group and growing up? And then once you had the opportunity on TikTok, you're like, I got to tell the world about this. Yeah, so... <laughs> I've kind of, as a kid, I, I was kind of like, my friends like space. You know, I was kind of a nerd, not really. I kind of wanted to blend in, like in, in school, with my friends and everything. So I didn't really talk too much about too much about space and everything. But um, I think TikTok definitely allowed me to express myself freely, and and that's why I'm so grateful for TikTok and, and YouTube and all these uh, social media. I'm able to express myself freely, and uh, it, it pays off. So. So what's next? Now that you had this opportunity on TikTok and, you know, you enjoy posting every day, I watch all your videos. They're great. What's next for you? Where are you going to take this newfound love for getting the word out about space on the Internet? Yeah, I don't know what's the, what the future holds. Uh, I just want to continue doing what I'm doing, uh, keep growing, uh, keep doing podcasts, keep partnering with people that 
that like space as I do and, and try to, I don't know, change the world or do something to, to put a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs says, you know, mm-hmm. I want to make science and space fun for people. That's really what it comes down to, because, because in school, you're taught that, hey, science is about memorizing things. Like, that's not what science is all about. Science is more about, it's a way of thinking about the world, right? That's the kind of approach I'm taking with TikTok, right? And, and social media. I want to make it so that science is fun for people, because that's really what it is. It is a fun thing to learn about. Yeah, we got to make it more fun. Speaking of, you said vegan tacos before, right? So you're a big vegan science yeah. guy. Can you explain mm-hmm. how becoming vegan changed your life and why you think that vegan is the way to go? Yeah, so I went vegan maybe, what, three and a half years ago. Uh, basically, honestly, the, the reason why is because I wanted to be more healthy. So mm-hmm. I looked up the healthiest foods to eat. But then I came across, as doing my research, I came across like factory farming and, and the way that animals are being treated in, in, in factory farms. And it's mm-hmm. awful. So I, so I kind of thought about it more and I started thinking, dang, what, what are we doing to these poor animals? And it's not necessary, right? So that's why I kind of changed my perspective. I went vegetarian that day as soon as I learned what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. I, I went vegetarian. Uh, then the next day after that, I was like, what am I doing? I got to go full vegan. Um, and um, the reason why is because yeah, like I said, like the factory farming and all these things, there's other benefits like health and, and climate change. Veganism is very good for climate change, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's the really, really reason why is because animals, like we tend to, when it comes to the animals, we tend to like shrug them off. Like, oh yeah, they're just these dumb animals. But really, no, they, they're really sentient. They have, they're able, they're able, they're capable of thinking, of feeling and loving and having mm-hmm. compassion and having social uh, behaviors and bonds with each other. Um, so the animals are, we're, we are overlooking what the animals are doing around us. And I think it's time to start um, learning about how amazing they are and how we should treat them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can respect that. Um, you know, I'm sure my listeners are laughing right now because I eat like shit. Like I don't have a good diet. I don't cook. You know, I pretty much order most of my meals. How does somebody like me even begin to start thinking about, you know, taking that next step to eat more healthy? Yeah, great question. Um, because it's we all, we all look at like as if it's like a daunting task, right? Oh, going vegan. Oh no, I can't change everything. That's I'm scared that's even thinking change. about it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But it's actually not that difficult for many reasons. Number one, the, if you want to get started, all you gotta do is learn, learn, Re- do do your research, learn about what happens to factory farms, learn about what happens around you, and, and the way we do agriculture and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this way you're, you're expose yourself to the information. That's what really makes the change happen, right? When we talk about these things, when we exchange ideas, that's what makes change happen. So I think, um, yeah, that's the, that's the best way to start, start learning and then start, uh, realizing that today in 2021, there's so many options available for you. There's beyond beats. There's, there's impossible burgers. There's vegan cheese. Now there's, there's so many options that taste just as good in my opinion because i used to like meat too mm-hmm. but the, but the, these alternatives they taste good and it's like it's like it, it is not as big of a change as you think it is mm-hmm. and you just have to do your research and learn and, and try it out for a week what what, what can you lose yeah. try it out for a week and see what happens so does that mean that you think that we live in the best time to eat food in the universe right now? Do you think that we've never <laughs> been luckier to have what we have to put into our bodies to, you know, see tomorrow, obviously? Well, I don't know about that, but I think that the education, we have the 
best edu- best access to education today than ever before. Yeah. So things like nutrition is very easy to learn about today. Mm-hmm. We have so many studies now about how uh, going plant-based is better for your health. It reduces your risk of heart disease and cancers mm-hmm. and things like that. The evidence is, the scientific evidence is very clear about this. Mm-hmm. So um, if that's your motivation, like most people care about themselves. Let's, let's face it. We all care about how, how am I going to benefit from this? It's health, right? But then as you go along, I mean, the, you have to realize that it's also about the animals. Veganism is not about health. It's about the animals front for first and foremost, right? It's about the animals. That's a good point. So, so yeah, it, it's just do your research, educate yourself, right? Everything we know and understand about the universe is only about 5% of everything, right? The telescopes we use or the uh, everybody around us, all right? And the galaxies, the stars, it's only a very small percentage of the universe, right? When do you think that we're going to finally understand what dark matter is and what dark energy is that fills in the rest of the universe, we think? Oh, yeah. We actually don't know how much we don't know. It's it's yeah. one of those conundrums, right? Um Dark matter is, we, we actually kind of know what it is. It, we just don't know exactly what it is. We have a good idea of, like, it's in the mathematics, right? We can see dark matter in the math and physical equations. When we try to learn what happened, what, how the universe is expanding and why it's expanding, we can see dark matter in the equations. We know something's there that's pulling, these, the, pulling the universe uh, together. Mm-hmm. There's something pulling these galaxies together. It, it's it's got to be something. Uh, we just call it dark matter. Dark matter is just a label for things we don't really exactly know. Yeah, dark, yeah. Um, but now, in terms of understanding exactly what it is, I think the James Webb telescope is going to be huge yeah. for understanding dark matter because it's going to show us how the first galaxies f- started to form and how they actually formed. Um, and yeah, James Webb telescopes, uh, it's, I don't know how long, I don't know how far off we are to learning exactly what it is, but who knows? hopefully soon, right? When that James Webb telescope goes and looks at that first galaxy, what are you excited to see? Or what should we be excited to learn from something like one of the first galaxies ever created? Yeah, we we don't know exactly what the first galaxies were like. We don't know, um, we don't really know how galaxies, like our galaxy formed in the first Mm -hmm. place. We don't know how it got to this shape or we don't know why there's a super massive black hole in the center. We don't know how these things happened. So when we try to learn what the first galaxies were like or, the, or lo- what they look like, we will learn a huge amount about how they formed. Uh, and that's what it means. That's, that's why it's so vital for this telescope, so for us to see things through this telescope. Um, now, there is something interesting. I just learned a few weeks ago about there's something called galactic filaments. Have you ever heard about those? I have not. Please tell us. Yeah, so galactic filaments are amazing things. Um, they're actually giant, giant um, clusters of galaxies, but they're in like this tube form and they rotate really quickly. And there's thousands of galaxies in each galactic filament. Have you ever seen a, have you ever seen a picture of the universe? It looks like a neuron, looks yes, like a brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The cosmic web and everything, the, yeah. Exactly. The filaments is what's connecting all the galaxies in the universe together. And that might be the reason why the galaxies rotate like that, because of these huge galactic filaments that are rotating and causing this. And these galaxies are being sucked in, in and out, and they're being spit out throughout the universe. It's insanity. 
Um, and, and the James Webb telescope might enable us to learn more about that. Yeah. And also with exoplanet and exoplanets too, right? You got to be excited for the discoveries on exoplanets with James Webb, because apparently the web is going to be able to just look straight through the atmospheres of some of these uh, planets, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it'll enable us to get more, a better picture of what the atmosphere is like, right? Mm -hmm. So we can already look for biosignatures on yeah. planets, right? We can take a look at the spectrometry of a, of a planet's atmosphere and see, hey, there's iron or there's hydrogen or there's oxygen or methane in this planet. But the thing is, they're so far away. We can only there's a, we have a limited range of how far we can see. But with the James Webb Telescope, which is like I think ten times more powerful than the Hubble, we'll be able to see way more planets and, and get a better range of understanding of how many planets are out there and what they are made of. Uh, that's interesting, right? Yeah. Switching topics a bit, I loved the TikTok you put out there about the Mayans and how they had like a more accurate calendar, right? So one of my questions would be, do you think that we don't have enough people on this planet today that are putting their time and energy into understanding space and science? Like, you know, we have physicists, we have astronomers, we have cosmologists. Do you think that there's not enough professions to be dedicated towards space and science and understanding the universe? Yeah, I think there is a lacking here in, in the education system. I think that's the root cause. The education system, in America at least, I don't know about the other rest of the world, but it's in America, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's very, um, it discourages people from, from going into fields like science and STEM, in the STEM fields because it's so rigorous and they make it, they make it feel like all, all it is about memorizing things, memorizing the name of plants or the name of, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. We should be, we, in my opinion, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what the solution is, but in my opinion, I think that uh, education educators should, should be more, um, should, should focus more on the passion, how passionate are students about learning just in general and being open to things uh, and not just specifically, Oh, uh, you know, science, uh, today we're going to learn about this topic. Like when you were in school, one of the, one of my favorite my, always my favorite classes and the things I've remembered, the things I've, the most, the best things I've taken from school are the days when my teacher would just take us out and for a field day and, and just yeah. like, like go places and explore places. And there was no, there was no lesson, right? It was just about learning and exploring your, the world around you that we need more of that in school, mm -hmm. not just, you know, sitting on a desk for 12 hours and just memorizing things and, and being tested on how well you can memorize. Mm -hmm. I think, that's, I think that's one of the things that's the fault of the system. And we created the system, though, too, right? So we have nobody to blame but ourselves, right? Yeah, and that's why I'm sure that's what many people in this field are doing, like Brian Green and, and all these guys, mm -hmm. Neil Tyson, right? They're trying to change it. They're trying to, mm -hmm. like with Cosmos, they're trying to get it out there for people to digest and to learn. Mm -hmm. We need to expose science for what it actually is, this yeah. amazing, inspirational way of thinking and learning about the universe. If I was a DJ, I'd drop a bomb for that right there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so now, what do you have to say about the Big Bang? You're a Big Bang guy, right? Is that correct? Big Bang theory guy? <laughs> yeah. So what do you have to say yeah, so, about the Big Bang being everywhere around us right now? I believe that's you said something along those lines in one of your uh, TikToks, right? Well, yeah. So the most accurate way to understand the Big Bang is that it's just the expansion of the universe, the expansion of space and time. There wasn't necessarily a, a point where the Big Bang happened. It really happened everywhere because the universe is everything. And 
we can look, we, so we can look at the cosmic microwave background and see the radiation from the Big Bang. And it is everywhere. It, the Big Bang happened where you're standing. Yeah. The Big Bang happened everywhere. The entire universe was once a much smaller, more denser place, but it just expanded. So remember, like we're not expanding into something, right? Space and time itself is expanding. So we're not like, we're not just like a, a, a little bubble in a like bigger place, perhaps. Uh, that's not the most accurate way to view it. It's just that the universe is everywhere and the Big Bang happened everywhere mm-hmm. and we're part of it. Um, and yeah, the Big Bang, we know it happened. We can observe it happening in four different ways. Like there's evidences, lots of evidence for the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's, that's it. Now, if there's evidence for the Big Bang, does that give more credibility to the multiverse theory, you think? Or what do you think is one of the leading theories of what could have potentially caused the Big Bang? Yeah, so there is, in, in inflationary cosmology, there is this theory, an inflationary theory, that whatever is causing the universe to expand, and, and by the way, the universe is expanding now, and it's accelerating in this expansion. Oh, yeah. So there's something there that is pulling yeah. the universe apart. So Which concerns me. When we talk... <laughs> Yeah, it's scary to think about, to be yeah. honest. But um, yeah, so in the equations, it seems to be that this inflationary process, there's so much energy there. It's so efficient that it must at some point cause other Big Bangs, mm-hmm. other universes to pop into existence somewhere else. So yeah, according to inflationary cosmology, a multiverse is very, very plausible. I tend to lean that way as well. Yeah. Now, if it's plausible. And if it's possible, do you think that the confirmation of a multiverse would be good or bad for humans? Where does that put us in the mix? Hey, I, dude, I, I want there to be a multiverse, man. I want there to be, I want to go to another universe, man. I want to travel everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, well, it depends on how you look at it, but to me, I would, I would, that would be awesome to me. Um, I don't know if we'd ever get there. I, yeah, so I was- there's many different, there's many different theories of how we would do that. But uh, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, like how would you get to the, a different universe if space itself is moving as fast as it's moving, right? Wouldn't you, what if like these wormholes or black holes somehow would be connected to the multiverse? You think that's possible? Well, yeah, black holes are, in the, in the equations, the black holes, in the center of a black hole, time stops. We don't know exactly what happens in the that's center weird. of a black hole. That's but there, there is a theory. Yeah, that's crazy. So from our perspective, if somebody went into a black hole, it would seem like they're frozen in time. That'd be crazy. But um, in terms of um, universes, the universe, there could be universes inside of a black hole. A black hole might pop a hole into space time and there might be an entire different universe in the other side of it. We might be living in a black hole. We might be living inside of a giant black hole. We don't really know. It, yeah. It's crazy to think about. You mentioned time. What is one aspect of time that really sets aside everything else? Like what, what's one aspect of time for you that either scares you or makes you excited to wake up tomorrow and learn more about? So you mean time itself? Time itself. Is that what you're Space and time in the universe. Yeah, that's, that's one of the most, uh, if I can learn something in the universe, if I can know something before I die, that's what I really want to know. What is time, right? 
because it's such an integral part of our world, right? Because mm-hmm. all, all, we all, that's all we think about, the past and the future. We plan for the future. We think about the past. We're stuck in the present. What is time? I don't know. Um, now, there, there's, there are theories in string theory, like string, string theory, for example, in quantum theory, that time is, time could be a particle. Then there's quantum theory, which says that time is um, a shifting of realities, yeah, that everywhere you go, um, every time something happens, every time it's called entanglement, right? So mm. every time something branches off from an entangled universe, another universe, another timeline branches off. And that's what time is. We are constantly, perhaps quantum theory, if, if the many worlds interpretation of quantum theory is correct, we could be living in multiple universes just shifting through them all the time. And that's what time is, the shifting of universes. So it's really mind-boggling to think about. I have no idea. I'm very, it's a mystery. Do you think the answers lie within quantum mechanics? It seems that way. Uh, so so Newton had a very primitive understanding of physics. Einstein came along, right? Well, Newton thought that time was static. Um, and so did Einstein until he came up with relativity, where he found that time is relative. Everybody's time is different. Everybody's now is different. When you go on a plane, every time you move, every time you move through space at a velocity, you're moving through time. Mm-hmm. Time slows down for you. So when you go on a plane, time is actually slowing down for that person that's going in the plane. So we can, we can actually measure this. There's actually, there's have, there have been experiments on this where they have a clock, an atomic clock, and they measure the, the, the time on, on the ground compared to the time on and the plane. And the mm-hmm. plane is slower. The plane is, the times are different. So there's something fundamental about time that we have no idea about. Yes, yeah, so Einstein came out with relativity and found that time is relative, time is different. But he, he, we can't explain, but it doesn't, it relatively does not explain the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't explain how the Big Bang happened. We're, we're clueless. We need quantum mechanics to try to explain it. And even Stephen Hawking had no idea how to, uh, he was a great guy, by the way, rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. But he, we, we don't know how the big bang happened and and it seems like quantum mechanics is the only uh, the only chance we have at explaining it uh it seems to be that that's if i had to if i could bet i would bet on quantum mechanics explaining time mm-hmm. and we're still looking for that universal theory of everything and hopefully we find it in the next 20 30 years do you think that's that's pushing it or do you think that it's way further down the line way past our generations to find out some of the big answers to the universe I don't know. Um, it, it could be anybody. It, it could be anybody watching this right now that discovers That's why I love it, space. that finds out. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, string theorists think it's string theory, right? Uh, Michio Kaku uh, mm-hmm. thinks it's string theory. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, we, there's no way to, there's no way to really test string theory the way we want to. Um, so it, we don't know. But I hope so. I hope I, I do have hopes that within the next within our lifetime, we'll have a better understanding of it. We'll team up. We'll find it out together. Right. Yeah. I um, sure. So on TikTok, when your videos go out, to, uh, you know, 200, 300, 400,000 people, you're going to get a couple of people in there that disagree with what you're saying. Right. One of the most controversial uh, topics that you have on your page is talking about death a lot. What's your opinion on what happens when you die? And what are some of the arguments going down right now within your comments? Yeah, so 
So as you know, I, as many people know, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in a God or necessarily spirituality or souls. Um, mm -hmm. I think that when you die, you just go down into the ground and your, and your body decomposes. Uh, I don't know how you would get back if you die. I don't see how that would happen. Um, there's no, there's never been a tangible case where somebody comes back from the dead or lives on. I, I don't, I don't know if of any cases like that. If you do know, I'd sure love to see it. But um, yeah, I mean, I get into arguments all the time with people who are not atheists, who are Christian mm -hmm. or, or Muslim, and they and they have countering ideas, and that's fine. But the the, the reason why I care about it. I care about, I care why you think the way you do. I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth, right? So if you have like an idea like Christianity or, or Islam, if, if you think that's the truth, tell me, I want to know why you think mm -hmm. it's the truth because I want to know the truth. And, but if you're going to give me like things like the Bible or the Quran or, or just books that people wrote down, that's not good reason to, to believe in that. That's not good evidence for a belief like that. It's a, such a loaded belief, a God, a, the creator of the universe like these are huge um, loaded questions that yeah. you need lots of good evidence for yeah now speaking of evidence you believe in extraterrestrials you believe in aliens yeah i believe they're possible because it, what is an alien right it's just a life us. form us right exactly yeah. exactly it's just a life form on another planet that's all it is we know that life developed on this planet mm -hmm. why can't it develop on other planets um I think the, the fact that we're learning more about how life happens, right? So we know how we actually we're learning more about DNA with gene genetics, right? We're learning about how it works. And we're also finding, we're also looking out into space and seeing that the building blocks of life are actually very common. We've found proteins on meteorites. We found amino acids on, on, on other planets, nucleic acids. These are the, the fundamental building blocks of life. We found them all over space. So it, it's my opinion that if these molecules are out there and they're common, I think life is, the universe is teeming with life. Mm -hmm. I think life is common in the universe. It's just that they're so far away that we can't see them yet. Mm -hmm. And if we confirm life anywhere else in the solar system, like anywhere else, then we can pretty much confirm that life is bouncing around the cosmos pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah, if we, if we could find another instance of life in our own solar system with completely different genetics, right? Completely different uh, carbon-based molecules. Mm. Maybe it, it might, it, it, it'll definitely increase the chances of life being very common in the universe. Because if there's two instances in one solar system, oh, yeah. imagine, and, and, and by the way, there's more planets in the universe than there are stars. There's more planets in the universe. For every star, there's like two or three planets, at least, maybe even more. So like, it's, it's like um, the odds are in our favor if you believe that life is common. And now, you know, speaking on the other side of things, if we find the evidence, you know, what, what's your opinion on the UFO report? Because I'm saying if we have the evidence that intelligent life is here, then pretty much life is actually everywhere, right? Like then we could confirm that it's all over the place. Well, I don't know if there's any evidence that intelligent life is here or any life is here. Um, I agree there, there may be UFOs and there's good evidence. There's good cases for UFOs that we can't explain. That's mm -hmm. for sure the fact, but uh, I don't think there's good evidence of intelligent life here, but it, it could be the case. It could be the case that the aliens are here. now many people think that aliens are maybe just a few thousand years ahead of us, but we're, but 
look at the the, the time scales of the universe. So far, these yeah. these aliens could be millions of years ahead, maybe even billions. And how would you even f- imagine coming across that type of alien? How would you how would you even understand what their technology is? Right? It's like it's like an ant crawling on an iPhone. The ant has no idea what a phone is, mm-hmm. but it it just walks upon, uh, upon it like it's nothing. Maybe we are like the ants to the the intelligent aliens. We're just walking through there. Maybe the Earth is is an alien experiment, and we're just walking through it like nothing. That's a great way to put it. I mean, do you think it's more likely that if we were to make contact with an alien civilization that they would be kind of like humans in our track through evolution where we work together? I mean, for the most part, besides the wars and everything. But do you think that we'd work together, or do you think that they would just be like, zap, you guys are done. You guys are cashed. <laughs> If we, yes, if we met an alien life form that was just like us, we'd probably be dead. Um, Most likely. Unfortunately, sorry, everybody listening. (laughs) If if they're coming here, yes. If they have the ability to come here and they're almost like us, we're we're toast. They want something from us. Um, But if they're very intelligent, I don't see a reason why they would need our, our resources or anything from us. I think they would just come here to observe us right so it depends on how intelligent they are mm-hmm. we may be primitive enough like because we cause wars to happen right so so we have to look at it through that perspective mm-hmm. we might be just a primitive form of intelligent life and there's more intelligent life forms out there we're like at the base or at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to intelligent life forms mm-hmm. you know we cause wars we're, we're destroying our own planet where we you know um so maybe they're here and we don't even know if we do find an intelligent type two type three type four or type five civilization i would say i could argue that we're kind of screwed almost right like if we go out with a telescope and we see something we probably shouldn't even try to communicate especially if they're type four or five right yeah so stephen hawking is famous for saying this right like you don't want to look you don't want to communicate with them don't make the first contact because they're gonna who knows what they're gonna say to you but um, yeah, if we find a type two, I mean, a type two civilization is able to like make their own planets and make their yeah. own resources. They don't need us, right? So it's like, like I don't know, even a type two, I don't see why, why would they would need to, to like harm us in any way. I don't see why they would need to do that, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you never know, that's the point. Um, but yeah, I think the general view of aliens is that, oh, they're, they're just like us, or they're kind of like us, and they're, but they're a little smarter. But maybe they're so smart, maybe they have technology that's so advanced that we couldn't even know, even if it was right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, as time goes on, I do think that that's one of the, you know, leading theories for sure. So are you a SpaceX fan? You know, uh, SpaceX just stacked their Starship. It is now going to be one of the biggest, tallest rockets to ever fly to space. Do you support Elon's mission to Mars? And how do you feel about all the SpaceX stuff going on and, you know, how fast they're advancing the ball with space travel and exploration? Yeah, I love SpaceX. I love what they're doing. Uh, I think Elon Musk is a great, a great person. Yes, he's not perfect. Let's face it, he's not perfect. But he's a good person. He's doing, I think what he's doing is good overall for society i think spacex is leading a commercial space flight which is important because i don't know if, you, if many people know this but there are so many resources out there in space that we could use there's all kinds of precious metals like in, in asteroids there's something called asteroid mining where it's it ta- it's tangible that in the next 30 years we could mine asteroids for gold and platinum and these 
precious metals that we can use on Earth for our, for our technology. So going to space has so many benefits. And Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and, and Branson, they all see this. They all know this. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to take advantage of this because this is the beginnings of our time in space. This is the beginnings of commercial space flight. And this is going to change the world. So I just got back from Atlantic City last weekend. So I apologize for my voice, by the way. If you're in Atlantic City and they have a bet for you, was there intelligent life on Mars one day? Would you take that bet and would you roll that roulette wheel for saying, yup, there was life there. Something happened to Mars. We might have came from Mars. What are you saying there? Uh, I would say no. I would say that um, the chances of us finding life is probably close to zero on Mars. The reason why is because there's many factors. Mars is a small planet. It's very, it was only, it was warm in the past, right? So we know Mars was warm in the past. We know it had liquid water on its surface, but it didn't last very long because Mars is very small. It's very low gravity and it's very cold. And um, the water would have evaporated or submerged on the ground. It became ice over time. There's very little geologic activity. So on Earth, the reason why life developed is because we have very high energy. Our planet is very high energy. The geologic activity fueled the energy, uh, fueled our growth and the mm-hmm. life's uh, uh, beginnings. On Mars, there's not much of that. Um, it's, it's very, very low energy. It's farther from the sun. There's less energy. Um, but it's possible that perhaps life developed in the, you know, in the oceans of Mars. And then we know they were very salty, just like ours, which is good. Uh, and we know there are uh, uh, organic molecules on Mars. So we know that's there. It's set up for life. But maybe the conditions were not good enough for enough time for life to really take off like mm-hmm. Earth had. So I would say the chances of us finding life is probably 10% at best on Mars. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Hey, sometimes I roll the dice on some 10%, uh, you know, bets. So uh, one of my favorite things to tell people who don't necessarily like space is, hey, well, you're actually made out of star stuff. If we are made out of star stuff, aren't we the universe experiencing itself? Isn't that all humans would be? Yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, we are just made of particles that come from the stars and and, and we are the universe. We are made of hydrogen and, he, uh, and, and carbon and, and oxygen, all these elementary particles that are found everywhere. Um, and, and the reason why they come together in a certain way and, and they form us. So yeah, we are essentially the universe, uh, you know, but, it, but that's kind of like an abstract way of looking at it. Um, we all say, oh, you know, it's, we're stardust, but in actuality, yes, we are, um, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking people, right. We're not like actually stardust, right. We're, you know, but, but yes, in a poetic way, that's, it's a nice poetic way of saying it. Mm, yeah. I love that. Well, what do you got going on this year? What are you excited to you're promoting anything? You got any new discoveries that you're looking forward to? What do you got for this upcoming year? Ah, uh, I, I, so I'm excited for the James Webb telescope. I'm really excited. Okay. It's going to launch in November, uh, right off, right after my birthday, my birthday's on Halloween. No, um, but yeah, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. I want to see what, what we can find out there. Um, and there's, there's the Artemis mission to the moon, which I'm excited about. I'm excited about um, uh, the Martian rover that we have, Perseverance. 
I want to see what it finds. If it, maybe it might find some kind of evidence for past life. Um, I want to go see Europa. I want to go see, I want to see the, our, our missions to Europa, flybys to there. Um, I'm excited for all those missions. I'm excited about all space missions, honestly. Well, there you go. Well, hey, Mike, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. We really greatly appreciate it. We had a lot of fun having you on. You got to come back, okay? Once the James Webb is deployed, once we get some more answers about these exoplanets and space and time, come back on the show and we'll talk about it anytime. For sure. Thank you a lot for having me, by the way. I enjoyed it as well. Awesome. Hey, guys, and one more thing. Go follow him on all social media, Mike Burgandi. And you have a YouTube channel too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can follow me on YouTube, Discord, uh, anywhere. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much, Mike. Have a great day.